I feel like I'm supposed to run around or jump down from the ceiling. It's supposed to come down from the ceiling or something after that. That's amazing. Oh, well, good morning, church. It is such an honor and a privilege to be here this morning. You guys are looking so good. Nine o'clock. Oh, my goodness. I feel, I feel like I'm, I'm slacking a bit because we only have a, a, ten, we have a 10 o'clock service. And so uh, for you guys to be here at 9 o'clock, give yourselves a big hand. I think that's, uh, that's pretty special. I just want to uh, thank your pastor, Shane and Yvonne. We had dinner last night at the, uh, the most famous Chinese restaurant in Newmarket. It's the, this is a secret, but it's the place that Shane uh, had his reception, and he wanted to go. This is his favorite place because he loves the uh, Peking, Peking duck. There we go. It was amazing. Uh, I, I, I also want to honor um, uh, uh, Mike and Liz Griffiths. They're amazing, amazing pastors and leaders, and, uh, and uh, you guys won't know this, but they've been kind of like uh, voices in our lives for a number of years. And uh, for them just to be sitting uh, to my left is a bit nerve-wracking, actually. And so, uh, and, and you've got Andrew here, you've got John, John and Taki, Roberts. Oh, my goodness. I mean, this is an amazing church. I mean, somebody, Roger. I mean, you, you guys, this is not fair. You guys have too many amazing people in this church. You've got to share them around. Uh, I, I bring you greetings from Christchurch. Uh, and uh, like, like Shane said, we have uh, three campuses there. And uh, Linda and Graven Flett, I just saw you guys. God bless you. Give those guys a big hand. They're amazing. I'm not going to get into the message. I'm just going to be going around acknowledging different people I can see. Um, but, but we have a camp. We have three campuses in Christchurch. Uh, God's doing some amazing things down there. Uh, we're just loving the journey. And we're loving what God is doing uh, in our movement. And thank you to each and every one that served at conference this year. You guys were amazing. And uh, it was such a blessed time. But really, it was the dream team behind the scenes that helped to make it all happen. So thank you, each and every one of you. Uh, for being a, a blessing to the movement. I feel like I've got a word for us as a church this morning. And uh, so I, I, I want to get straight into the story uh, that will help set the scene for the message today. Um, an elderly carpenter was ready to retire. He told his employer contractor of his plans to leave the house, house building business and live a more leisurely life with his wife enjoying his extended family. He would miss the paycheck, but the time was right and he was ready to hang up the hammer. His boss was disappointed as the carpenter had been a loyal and diligent worker for many years, so he, had, he was sad to see him go. He asked one last favor. He, he asked the carpenter if he would build just one more house before retiring. The carpenter said yes, but in time it uh, 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 in time, his, you could see his heart wasn't really in it. The work began, began to deteriorate. Uh, he began to use uh, inferior material. Uh, finally, after the carpenter had completed the work, uh, the uh, boss came back to inspect the house, and he handed him the front door keys to the house, and he said, this is your house. This is my gift to you for all your years of faithful service. The carpenter was obviously shocked. What a shame. If he had only known he was building his own house, he would have done it all so differently. Now he had to live in a home built none too well. You know, uh, this morning I want to talk to us about building our lives 
or building your life God's way. You know, there is a way that is um, different to the ways of the world. The, 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 the Bible says, my ways are not, or Jesus said, my ways are not your ways. Uh, and, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. As I as the uh, uh, heavens are from the earth, so are my ways different from yours. There is a way that God has designed uh, to build our lives that may not be quite the way we're building our lives today. And if it isn't, that's okay. We have the time, we have the space to just realign ourselves and get ourselves into that space where God is building our lives. Amen, somebody. Um, a number of years ago, an a, uh, amazing prophet by the name of Len Butner came to my church and he prophesied this word over, over our church. He said, the Holy Spirit spoke to me about your church and your ministry uh, this morning. I believe you and your church are entering a season of unprecedented fruitfulness. While the battle has been huge uh, and you would feel like the mountains before you at, uh, at times are impassable, I hear the Lord say, and then he read this passage in Zechariah 4, 6 to 10. So he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. And he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple, and his hands shall finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you, for who has despised the days of small things? For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord, which scan to and fro throughout the whole earth. Amen. Then, then the prophet went on and he said, My encouragement to you would be to shout grace seven times in victory over every obstacle, every adversary that has been preventing your growth and call to build. You will fulfill your God-given inheritance in Christchurch. You have a mandate to speak words of life, healing over your church and over your city. The word of the Lord will not return void. Your mouth will... Uh, uh, will uh, void from your mouth, but it will accomplish all that pleases God and it shall prosper in the thing for which the Lord sent his word to do. Blessings, Len. Uh, when I first read that, when I first heard that, I just felt the fire in my belly just ignite. I felt like the Lord was saying, this is your day. I want to say to us all this morning, this is your day. That, that God is not done with you yet that he's still building your life. You are his masterpiece, by the way. You are fearfully, wonderfully made, but you're still a work in progress. Can I get an amen in the room? We are all on a journey with the Lord. We are all being worked out. We're being made into the fullness of God. And now, now Jesus, it's said of Jesus that he was the full representation of the Lord. Uh, but for us, we're a work in progress. Amen, somebody. And so this morning as we come around this word, I, I just, I just want to share four quick things with us at how to build your life God's way. Are you ready for this? Amen. Two people. I, that's all I need. Two people. <laughs> uh, it's okay. The rest of you, just, just, just go to sleep. It's okay. I don't mind. Uh, the, the first thing is this. What does this passage teach us? Well, it says here, 
Uh, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. In other, way, in other words, you've got to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. How do you build your life God's way? You follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem until the Spirit of God comes. Because when He comes, He will give you the power that you need. You need that dunamis power. You need that resurrection power in your life. Not just to do the miracles and the amazing things of God, but just just to do the day-to-day things in your life. Just to show grace, just to show love, just to show compassion. You're going to need the dunamis power of God sometimes. How many have that neighbor living next to them that, that, you know, if it wasn't for the grace of God, something else would be happening right now? You know, you need the grace of God. Let me tell you, that only comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. I've, I've tried to be good. I've tried to be saintly, you know. I cannot. My, my strength is so limited. My patience is so short, you know. And, 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 but let me tell you, when I draw upon the Spirit of God, the presence of God, when I wait upon the Lord, He renews me and He empowers me. And I'm telling you here this morning, we need the presence of God in our lives. We need the power of God. That's what, that's why, that's what the Bible teaches us. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my spirit. Come on, too many of us are doing this thing called Christianity without the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus was only here for three years. The, sp- the, the Spirit of God has been here for over 2,000 years. That should, that should be a clue for us. We draw upon the, 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 the Jesus for our salvation, but it's the Spirit of God that we draw upon for our daily life. Amen, somebody. We need to be led by the Spirit. And I'm, calling, I'm telling you, when was the last time you heard the whisper of the Holy Spirit? When was the last time He whispered in your ear and told you something that you needed to hear? You know, it wasn't a prophetic thing from the pulpit, but it was just a whisper. You were sitting there one day, and something just passed you by. It was like, well, where did that come from? I'm telling you, the Bible says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Amen, somebody. I'm telling you, we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's the Spirit of God that, if you're here this morning and you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, can I encourage you to seek out the baptism of the Holy Spirit? The baptism of the Holy Spirit is the Acts 2 experience where the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Yeah, now when we look at that, we look at that story in Acts two. It says they were all gathered together in that upper room, and then and then what looked like fire entered the room, and it separated, and it fell on each of them, and they all began to speak in tongues, as the Spirit enabled them. Uh, let me tell you, it, the, here's the picture you've got to get. It was one fire that separated and fell on each of them. What does that mean, New? It means there's only one Holy Spirit. It means that the same power that was alive 2,000 years ago is the same power that's alive today. The same Holy Spirit that baptized the apostles is the same Holy Spirit that baptizes us today. And it's the same dunamis authority that you can claim over your life. It'll give you wisdom beyond your understanding, beyond your comprehension. It'll give you the words to speak. It'll give you the, 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 the power to lay hands on the sick and see them healed. Amen, somebody. 
What are you believing for? Come on, draw upon the Holy Spirit. The second thing that, that I got from this passage that I want to read to you this morning is found in the next, next few verses. It says, Who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Pastor Lean told me, he said, No, I want you to speak over your situation and declare grace seven times. So I started to think about every single situation that was going on in my life, and I declared grace over that seven times. I, I, I counted with my fingers and my toes. You know, okay, one, grace, 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 grace. You know, and, and the next thing, grace, 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 grace. And the next thing, grace, 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 grace. I just keep declaring grace over that situation. You know what happened when I keep declaring grace over my situations? I felt this fire just burn within me. I felt this faith rise up within me like I'd never had before. I felt like I could take on the world. I felt like I had, had this authority that, that I didn't have just moments ago. And, and there is power when I began to declare things over my situation. Can I say to us all here this morning, I know it's nine o'clock, but listen to me. You know, you can declare things that are not as though they are. If there's something holding you back, if there's something holding you down, if there's something oppressing you, you speak to that situation. You commanded that mountain to become plain. You speak grace over it. When was the last time you spoke, you know, you spoke over a situation? Let me tell you, I've got twin girls. They're the most beautiful girls in all, in all, of, all of Christchurch, 18A Albert Terrace. That's where I live. They are the most beautiful girls to me. But when they were newborn, when they, well, when they were in their mummy's tummy, everybody was telling us, oh, twins, double trouble. You know, they would, they would walk around, double trouble. I mean, what a stupid thing to say. You know, and I was like, I was like, no, they're not double trouble. They're a double portion blessing, I'm telling you. And I, I would stand over their beds, you know, over their cots when they were little, and I would declare things over their lives. I would speak over them. And we guess what? We still do it today. After all these years, we still pray over our kids. Let me tell you, people, if you're not praying for your kids at home, you have no right to pray for mine when you come to church. Amen, somebody. Come on, we've got to be declaring things in the Spirit, things that are not as though they are. We've got to be, begin to release over your situation. Come on, if, if home is not happy, you speak grace over your home. If, 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 your, if your marriage is struggling right now, you speak grace over that marriage. If, if business is not going the way you thought it was going to go, you speak grace. You walk around your business. You know, I don't know what kind of business you're in, but if you, you walk around your business, I, I declare grace over this business. I declare grace. Though that mountain will become plain in the name of Jesus. That, that's, this is how you build your life. You're building it God's way. God's way is about confession. It's about declaration. It's about speaking things that no one else sees. And, and let me tell you something. When you start declaring stuff, no one else will see it first. You'll be the, you might be the only one that sees this thing, but you don't, don't let the enemy silence you. Don't let him discourage you. You just keep confessing that thing. 10, 11 years ago, um, Pastor Mike, senior, senior national leader of our movement, came and gave me a church. Came to Christchurch. Says, congratulations, New. I'm giving you the keys of the church. On, on the first year I took over the church, I stood up in front of the congregation 
And I said, church, I believe there's more than one church within us. Actually, God spoke to me and he told me we're going to have five churches. You could have heard a pin drop. You could have seen the tumbleweeds. You know, it was like crickets in the corner. It was like... Like, no one bought it. And, and, and they're like, oh, no, there's that rocky mistake. You know, you don't dream that big new on your, in your first year. You know, wait till the fifth or the, or the tenth year before you start dreaming that big. But I couldn't contain it because God told me. But I didn't know it was going to take, like, ten years for this thing to happen. I thought it would be happening next week. But, but now we're up to three. We've got one in the Philippines, and God is, is birthing another one in me. And I know that God, who said what he was going to do, is going to fulfill that which he said he was going to do. But don't let anybody silence you. Come on, you keep confessing those things. You keep speaking over your children. Parents who are here this morning, keep confessing things over your kids. Come on. Is anybody hearing me this morning? The third thing is this. The next verse, in verse 8, it says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands shall also finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me. The third point is this. You've got to finish what you started. Now, the story about Zerubbabel that many of us would know uh, uh, especially Andrew, who's the Bible college uh, teacher, uh, principal, he'll know this. Uh, um, Zerubbabel was charged with building the temple, but as soon as opposition, uh, sorry, he, he laid down the foundation, and then as soon as opposition came, he stopped. And it would take another 17 years for him to pick up the tools again. 17 years. But God spoke to him. And said, Zerubbabel, you who laid down the foundation, you're going to finish what you've started. Let me tell you something. We've got to finish what the Lord has started in our lives. The Bible says that he who began a good work in you is going to see it through until completion. I know you're a work in progress. I know some of us, we think we're perfect. We're ready-made. We come out ready-made. We're like, ah! angels, you know, and, uh, but for the rest of us, we realize, we recognize we're a work in progress. Let God finish the work he started in you. Let him finish the work. Stay in there. Don't jump off halfway. Don't jump off just because you get a few negative voices in your ear, kind of, yeah, you know, I, I don't see any change in your life. Yeah, yeah, You know, you just silence those voices and you keep going. Because the Bible says that he who began a good work in you is going to see it through to completion. You are a mighty warrior. You, like Gideon, stand up, mighty warrior. You know, he's calling it out of you. Come on. Like Esther, you were born for such a time as this. Come on, is anybody feeling excited this morning? You got to finish what you start. You got to finish what you start. Remember, this was like 60 years after uh, Zerubbabel there was another builder by the name of Nehemiah. And he was charged with building the wall. This was all happening at this, around that same period, that same, that same time. And, and what did he do? Nehemiah, when he faced his opposition, he told every builder, he said, I want you to start building with tool in one hand and with sword in the other. 
we've got to see this picture. They'll get their, the way God's going to build our lives, we're going to have tool in one hand and we're going to have sword in the other. It's not always going to be easy, but you will finish what you started. Hang on in there with the sword of the Spirit that cuts through bone and marriage, a double-edged sword, penetrates deep into the human heart. It'll finish the work. It'll complete the work in you. Amen, somebody. Oh, you got me excited, and I've only had half a cup of coffee. So good. Amen. The, I, I, love, I love this thought. This is a, uh, uh, a thought that came to me uh, while I was training in the gym, actually. And, and this is it. To grow or to build your life, it is simply consistency over time. It's consistency yeah. over time. It's turning up every Sunday. It's turning up to every small group. It's just doing the plain and the mundane and the simple. You know, everybody's looking for that one thing that's going to radically change their lives. But I'm here to tell you, it's simply consistency over time. That's how you're going to build your life. That's how you're going to grow in God. You know, let, me tell you, let me tell you something. I learned to pray for people by starting with my daughters. I learned to pray for the, for the sick by, by praying fervent prayers when my daughters were sick. When, when my daughter was in hospital, let me tell you, I went into spiritual warfare. You know, I, and so let me tell you something. That's how we build our lives. That's how we grow. We step out. Pastor Mike, he's been challenging me recently. He's been saying, look, no, I just need you to you know, keep releasing that prophetic. Keep looking for people. Let me tell you, I, I'm, my, my antennas are, are, are on. I'm looking for every man. I'm, I'm in the hotel foyer this morning, and I'm just waiting for somebody to pass me by. You know, and if no one's passing me by, I'm going to interject myself into some conversations. You know, I'm looking for opportunities. Come on, I'm, I, come on! You got to build your life. Is anybody getting this this morning? The final thing is this. Number, verse ten it says, "For who has despised the day of small things?" For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord which scan to and fro throughout the whole earth. I want to say to us all, everything starts small. How do you build your, God's life, uh, your life God's way? Well, you start small. Did you realize you were small once? I, I was small once. I know I don't look at so much these days. But I used to be small once. We were all small once. Come on, never despise the days of small beginnings. This church, this, this cluster of churches, you know, called ECC, did you realize it started with 30 people and $10? And now look at this thing, look at this thing throughout this uh, city of Auckland and Whangarei. Come on, do not despise the days of small things. You might be looking at your situation. You might be looking at your ministry. You might be looking at yourself and goes, oh man, God can't use this. There's nothing here. It's too small. It's not big like those other guys. You know, we always look at the other guys, right? We always look at the other, 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 what other people are doing. Let me tell you, God will bless what you're doing. Don't despise small beginnings. Don't despise small things. God will use it. Businesses, they all start small, but they have the capacity to expand. They have the capacity to grow. Relationships. Let me tell you, if you're single, relationships start with a twinkle in the eye. 
and, and full commitment to, to small, young adult small groups. That's how it starts. Get there early. The early bird catches the worm. That's what I'm doing. I'm just, that's free. You can take that one. Come on, your health starts small. I mean, no one wakes up in the morning and says, you know what, uh, I, feel like, I feel like I'm just going to run a marathon. You know, the only person that can say that is, is Mike Griffiths. You know, the, the rest of us, we start by just walking around the block or, or walking in the park. That's how we start. We start small. Is anybody getting this this morning? The Bible said, this is a word, and I'm going to finish with this. This is what, this is what the Lord gave me when I first took over the church. The Lord gave me the scripture and it saved my life. I was at a crossroads. I was so frustrated because doors weren't opening for me. I, I felt the call of God many years in my life, but no doors were opening. And then I cried out to the Lord in my desperation. It's a good idea to do. Cry out unto the Lord. I cried out to the Lord and I said, Lord, if you don't tell me what I'm called to do, I'm walking away. And then I put my finger on the scripture. The first thing I flipped over the book, put my finger on the scripture. And it was John 21. Peter and Jesus having this dialogue. Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? Peter says, Lord, you know I love you. Then he says, take care of my lambs. Jesus says, Peter, do you love me again? Peter says, Lord, you know I love you. Feed my sheep. One more time. Peter, do you love me? Jesus, Peter says, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And, and Jesus says, take care of my sheep. There's three things. I felt like the Lord was saying to me, no, do you love me? Feed my lambs. Take care of my sheep. Feed my sheep. As soon as I read that, it was a game changer for me. But it meant coming to the foot of the cross in my desperation and crying out unto the Lord. Years later, I end up in a meeting with Pastor Len Butner. And I, without him knowing, he speaks a word over my life. And, and he says, no, God's seen your faithfulness. And he's going to fast track you into something new. That was... The same year, two months after that, that word, I was in a room with Mike, uh, Mike Griffiths, and he's telling me now I'm the new senior pastor of Elam Church in Christchurch. Are you seeing the, the, the track here, the pattern here? It started with a word. It was confirmed with a word, and then God opened the door. I, I want to say to us all, a word is all we need. Just one word from the Lord, and he can radically change our lives. If you allow God to build your life his way, he will set you up for the life you were called to live. Not you thought we were going to live, but called to live. He loves you, the love of your soul. Come on, why don't you just close your eyes where you are right now? I would love to pray for you at the end of this meeting, um, after I hand it back to Shane, and the meeting closes. At the end of the meeting, I would love to pray for anyone that wants prayer this morning. Uh, I'd, you know, love to stand with you.
But I want to give you an opportunity here this morning if you don't know Jesus. Because the truth is this. It was when I gave my life to Jesus that everything changed. As a young young 18-year-old, I was lost, I was broken, I was empty. And I gave my life to him in my desperation. I said to him, if you're real, come into my heart and into my life. And he did. He forgave me of my past. He forgave me of the sins and the mistakes I had made. And he set me on track for the life I now live. It has been an amazing journey up until this point. Hasn't always been easy, but Jesus has always been with me. If you're here this morning and you want to be in that relationship with Jesus, you need him to be Lord of your life, I want to give you that opportunity. Or maybe you're here and you know that maybe you've drifted. You've kind of done things, you began to, you're beginning to do things your way. It's time to realign your life and get back on track. Let God build it his way. Right where you are, your eyes closed, heads bowed. I want you to pray this prayer with me if that's you. This is a prayer of confession, asking Jesus to forgive you of your sins. But it's also a prayer of realignment, asking him to set you up for the life you were called to live. So right now, all over this place, I'd love for you to follow me in this prayer, simple prayer. Repeat these words after me. Dear Jesus. Come on, let's say this out loud together. Dear Jesus, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you died for me. This morning in this church, I ask you into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Forgive me of everything I've done wrong. I surrender my life to you today. Your grace is enough. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. While every eyes bowed and head closed, uh, sorry, every head closed and eyes bowed, that's, no, you know what I mean. Just keep your eyes closed and bow your heads. That's what I'm saying. Say. I, want to, I just want to uh, get an indicator. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe it's a prayer recommitment, just on the count of three, just pop your hand up nice and high where you're sitting. I don't want to embarrass you. I'm not going to pull you out. I just want to acknowledge you this morning. On the count of three, one, two, three. Who is there this morning? Who's there today? Fantastic. That's awesome. God bless you. Who, who else is there? Who is there today? Father, we honor you this morning. We praise you for being in your house and being able to be in your presence. Continue to build our lives the way you always purposed for it to be built. In Jesus' wonderful name. And everybody said? Amen and amen and amen. God bless you guys. It's been a privilege this morning.